Welcome to the Make It Count podcast with Phil Degree and Jennifer Murray, where we'll share stories of how people triumph through the hard seasons in life and make it count. Welcome back, everybody, to a special episode of the Make It Count podcast, where I have a special guest with me. Not only... So special, you said it twice. So special, I said it twice. My hunky husband, Mr. Brett Marhay. How are you doing today? I'm well, and how are you? I'm good. Usually guests say, thank you for having me. Oh, no, none of that here. (laughs) Okay, great. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how we make it count as a couple. Yeah. A couple of doofuses. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, how two people manage to not murder each other every single day. (laughs) Right? I think a lot of people out there could relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) You live together. Um, We don't work together anymore, but now we are kind of coming back to that. So let's um, give them a little background about you. Um, So yeah, uh, as you can probably know, because you've listened to my wife for hopefully a few hours at this point, uh, my name is Brett Mare. Um, Jennifer and I started a business together called Triumph Fitness back in May of 2017. Um, And we had... We had met before that and worked in the fitness industry together, and that's a whole nother story. You'll have to bring me back. A whole nother podcast. We will not bring you back for that one. (laughs) But yeah, I think we started with the intention of just making fitness in the area that we are. We're in New Orleans, so we just wanted to make it different. We wanted to cut right to the chase and get to the source of why people were struggling to get healthy. And um, after a long time of doing that together, um, I just kind of felt like I had accomplished most of the things that I wanted to accomplish within the business and as a coach. And I felt it was time to start pushing myself and to do something that I hadn't done before that maybe I had a skill at that I hadn't fully developed. So um, back in 2020, right before the pandemic started, um, I went back to school for cybersecurity. Um, After completing that program, uh, I've been doing that for almost three years now. Gosh, it's been that long already? Yeah. So talk about, let's, let's go back a little bit. I'm going to interview you because I think that'd be the best way to do it. I think, talk to me a little bit about when you felt like you were at a point in the fitness industry that you had reached where you wanted to, um, but you had to make that break to leave and the conflict of interest right there and the struggle of feeling stuck. Because I think a lot of people feel stuck in a job that they're at or a profession Maybe they don't own the business or are tied to their wife, but they feel stuck. Talk to me about that. A little was bit. there a question in there somewhere? That was the question. <laughs> the question was, how did you I know you, you asked the question and then you were like, and blah, 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 blah. No, this is what I have to deal with every day, guys. She's like, goes on a tangent, you know? But they follow me. Uh-huh. They, they like do. it. They like the ride. They probably like I'm making fun of you a little bit too. No, Phil likes that part. <laughs> okay. Um, so the conflict and the struggle of... Being at a job that you know you've reached your potential. And trying to make the transition to what makes you happy. Yeah. Um, it was a really challenging decision process because, because we're also husband and wife and we were co-business owners. It was something that I was honest with you about. And it sort of made the daily aspect of working and continuing on and trying to push this business to the next level kind of challenging because you knew I had one foot in, one foot out. So I think I felt a lot of guilt in a lot of ways on, you know, pursuing what I wanted to pursue while still doing right by you as a business owner and as my wife. Um, so I think the way it happened over time is I just, 
started realizing that I wasn't pushing myself anymore as a coach. Um, I'd be in the room. It'd be something I'd done, you know, a hundred or a thousand times. And I just wasn't feeling that internal inspiration anymore, even though we've literally created probably one of the most inspiring places. <laughs> um, so recognizing that in myself, it also started making me feel, you know, not too happy. You know, it made me feel like I could be doing more and I'm not the type of person that can kind of sit idly by and not continually grow and push myself. Um, I think that's why, you know, our marriage has been so special is because we've constantly told each other to suck it up (laughs) and push forward in the nicest way possible. (laughs) Um, But we've experienced a lot of growth because of that. So I think the key to it as well is that it was very gradual. It, It took a lot of time. It wasn't something that happened overnight. It wasn't just like, Oh, I'm leaving. See you later. Yeah, it was you know? a very long process mm-hmm. for both of us. Yeah. And I think that um, our, we, we do need to talk a little bit about Grayson, because um, I think that's kind of where it starts. Um, when, we, when we found that we had conceived a child, our first after dealing with infertility, and then we lost Grayson, what, what, what did you feel as the father, as the, like, how did that inspire you to go forward in something else? Because yeah. I think that was the turning point for you. Yeah, there was a very clear moment when we were sitting in the room together, you know, basically waiting for your contractions to kick in <laughs> enough to for him to be born. Uh, that I just had this very clear moment of like, I can't fucking do this anymore. You know, um, uh, he would want more for me than than I'm giving to my life right now, and um, I really have to like honor him. And even at that point, it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go pursue cybersecurity and do that line of work. Actually, I thought about getting into counseling for a while and um, mental health, um, the mental health field in general and helping people out in that way. And um, we started going to therapy together ourselves right after that. And that was something that really helped things. But like through that sh- struggle and through deciding to seek help we had a lot of conversations about where we wanted our lives to go and what we wanted to do to make them count. <laughs> oh, listen to that pun. <laughs> I would be so proud of you. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about going to therapy like that. You, you weren't all the way on board with it. Um, when I said, Hey, listen, we're going to go to therapy to get through Grayson. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, I think at the time, this was 2018. Yeah. So I think the stigma of mental health has changed significantly. Like the culture surrounding it has changed significantly, especially after the pandemic and working from home and everybody's life being on hold for a year plus. um, That we just kind of all started having this realization that like, oh, this is very normal to not feel normal, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And for us... You know, I I think we've always had our own trauma while we've grown up and the things we've experienced, but that was kind of like the breaking point for me and for you in a lot of ways um, to where when we were beginning to go, I was open to it. Like the way you said it was basically like, we're going, whether I like it or not. (laughs) Um, So... It wasn't that I wasn't open to it. It was just like, I think even during that time to bring it back, like in 2018, there was still that kind of like, oh, you see a therapist? Like, is something wrong with you? 
So I I guess I kind of felt like in a way I didn't need it. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with me, but also I knew that there really was. And, um, I lost, um, my sister when I was very young, uh, around 10 years old. Um, and I also knew that I hadn't really processed a lot of that and this was bringing a lot of that back up. So I knew I needed to make a change. Yeah. And so we, we started going to therapy and our, our, our marriage was really at a, at a very, um, delicate point. I think through, through Grayson, I think a lot of people, when you go through something like that, a marriage can either go one or two ways, right? Well, it was actually at a delicate point before Grayson. Okay. Well, you're, you're going to get vulnerable here, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I think we had, we were both in a place where, you know, we were like, is this working? You know? And then when we got pregnant, it was like, oh, everything we wanted's happening. And it, even through like that 18 week journey of like, before he came there, it was like, we were still recovering from a lot of things that we were struggling with in our marriage. And then when he was born, when we found out that news that he wasn't going to make it, I think everything changed. Yeah. It just like paled in comparison. Yeah, It like welded us together in a way that we hadn't been before. And, um, so newsflash, everybody that thought we were perfect. We're not. (laughs) And we struggle with, Everyday marriage, things like everybody else. Yeah. And we, we try to keep the communicate. I think one thing that therapy has helped us with is keeping that communication. We're, I'm not a good communicator, um, even though I like to talk a lot. Um, but keeping that communication open, what you want to say? Look at that. Face. Yeah, I had a joke. I didn't want to interrupt you. Okay, well, what's your joke? No, you know, I'll, I'll wait until now you're forcing it. Okay, okay. It, has to be, right. it has to be a zinger, you know? Got it. All right. So we go to therapy. Um, you're trying to figure things out. I want to talk about, cause I think your story is very interesting. It's been a pleasure of mine, not only as your wife, but as your friend to see the journey. Um, you've had a lot of like, Hey, I want to do this and I want to do that. Your journey wasn't a straight arrow that I'm going to go straight to cybersecurity. Um, so let's kind of dig into that a little bit. Cause I think somebody out there is struggling with the same thing and maybe feels not normal, but you're here to normalize it. So let's do it. Yeah. Um, I'm the type of person that's interested in a lot of things. Because I dabble in so many things, I become very above average at a lot of (laughs) things. Uh, And I guess the trick is trying to find that one thing that kind of like sparks your interest and sparks your passion that you're really going to spend time with. Um, And... Honestly, it's not even cybersecurity. Um, it it got to a point where I had this realization that one thing is not going to make you happy, and it doesn't have to. You know, like we, I don't know when it changed or when this American dream thing got invented, you know, but you are not meant to just work a nine-to-five job with the same company for 30 years. Like, it is just not that way anymore. Maybe it used to be, but I think I've been having that beaten into my mentality like growing up that like you have to find something stable you have to create the life that you're supposed to have and stuff like that so in a way i was trying to find that and after losing grace and i just knew that like i wanted to figure myself out more than ever but i also knew it wasn't going to be conventional even though i wanted it to be mm-hmm. like there were so many times that you've <laughs> heard me bitch and moan about you know 
um, oh, I think I think this is the thing, but I'm not sure and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, Brett, we'll try this one on for size. So just so everybody knows, um, I wanted to be a counselor. Then I wanted to be a nurse. And, oh, the nurse yeah, part. I wanted to go to nursing school, like right when the pandemic started, because I wanted to help, you know. Uh, and then I want then my love for computers kind of came back into the fold. And then I was like, you know, I, I've I've been kind of into that my whole life, you know. Um, so maybe I should put some time and energy into that. Um, so I guess the root of the story is, is that like, it's okay to not be sure. Yeah. Um, Cause you kind of will find your path. The only thing I was sure of at the time was that it was time to make a change and do something. Um, so taking a big leap of faith and taking out a student loan to go into a program that you weren't sure if it was going to get you anywhere or do anything was a huge investment on our part at that time, because um, we were fortunate enough that, when the pandemic occurred, we managed to stay afloat when most businesses couldn't because we were ever to take we were able to take everything virtually. Um, and let's be real, you took everything virtually. I was more checked Thanks, out. I than was ever. waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that really gave me the time to figure things out. And you know, it was funny because I was I applied to nursing school. I was gonna do it. Yeah, I bought you a stethoscope. You bought me a stethoscope for my way. birthday. It was yeah. it was very lovely. Um, I've never used it. Uh, <laughs> um, but ironically, the the uh, the school that I was talking to at the time wasn't going to take some of my credits that I had from my previous bachelor's degree because they were like more than a certain amount of time old. So mm-hmm. I had to retake a bunch of classes, which was like adding on to the time and adding on to the tuition. And I was like, man, this is a ripoff. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a roadblock came up and told me, nope, you're not meant to go that way. Even if you think it's the right thing to do and you'd probably be good at it, that's not the right thing to do. Um, so then ironically choosing to do the, it was an intense program, but it was a shorter period of time. Yeah. It promised more results and things of that sort. And it really, and it actually allowed me to meet some of my like really close friends to this day. Like all the people that I, went into that program with her good friends of mine, like actually the current job and career that I have now is due to one of the guys that I went to school with there because he referred me to the company I work at now. And, you know, that company allows me to work remotely. And, um, so let's talk a little bit about you having these roadblocks and at the time thinking that they were hindering you, like it was a negative, but now looking back at it, um, what, what do you see the, you see the path? What, what does it look like? It looks like a bunch of zigzags and backwards and forwards. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, uh, that meme on the internet of like what people think progress is. And it's just like a linear line that goes (laughs) gradually up over time. And it's very straightforward, but actually what it looks like is a scattered drawing all over the, of the map of things. Um, so sometimes it might feel like you're progressing and then all of a sudden you feel like you're not. Right. And then it also sometimes feels like you're in limbo and then it feels like you're going again. And it's this constant pull and tug ebb and flow of emotions and actions and sitting around like, and it's ironically at the end of the day, people tell you to be patient. And for me, that's one of the hardest things for anybody to tell me is is to be patient. It's like, (laughs) shut up. 
<laughs> you be patient. Um, but everything usually does work out when you allow it to process the way it's supposed to. And um, there's even more to the story. <laughs> there's so much yeah. to the story. I actually even became a math teacher, like in the middle of uh, going back into cybersecurity and going to, after going to school, I started work there, ended up teaching for a little while, figured out that that wasn't right for me either. So I went back into it, but it was, you know, with the right company. Yeah. You know. Hey, so my friends over at Hyundai of Metairie, Chris and Van, those guys uh, heard heard the podcast, heard what we're doing. They like what we're doing in the community. We're always giving back. I wanted to give them a shout out. They have something called the No Market Adjustment Pricing. Go over there. If you're in the market for a car, go see Chris. Tell them you heard it here on the Make It Count podcast. Hassle-free, no games. Just them being uh, fair and honest with you. Hyundai of Metairie. They're on Vets at Interstate. So let's talk about how going through that journey, how we made it count as a couple, because it wasn't easy. It was really hard. It was a lot of tough conversations. Um, If you could give anybody advice out there, listen, we're not experts here on marriage or counseling or anything like that, but what was, what's the most crucial part of having a tough conversation with your significant other to get your point across and make it count for the both of y'all. I think the reason why most, not even marriages, most relationships fail is because they're not honest. Um, that is something that has been very hard for me with you because you are very brutally honest. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> not maybe a little too honest. Um, I, I just think that bravery is something that's slowly becoming a quality in our society that isn't as present as it used to be, you know, and bravery has kind of become synonymous with like being a keyboard warrior and like, Oh, I can say this to somebody on some type of social media platform, but I can't say something directly to someone and have a meaningful discourse and conversation. Um, not, and what I'm talking about isn't even always like a disagreement. Sometimes it's just, telling someone how you feel so that they have a heads up on why you're being such a dick, you know? <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that made this process easier was that you kind of knew where my headspace was a lot of the time because we made it a point to discuss it and talk about it. and In depth. Yeah, and even like vice versa on the other side. Like it, it's it's been cool the way this has all worked out because now with my current company and because I'm able to work remotely, I actually have an office at Triumph Fitness now Yeah, that I'm using way more than I think either of us thought I would. Yeah. That's why it's so small. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it looks like yeah, a she closet. put me in the damn broom closet. <laughs> I'm like Harry Potter under the stairs in this bitch. Oh goodness. Get out of here. Um, um, I wasn't done talking. You've interrupted me a few times in this podcast. Okay. I mean, you, you act like it's your podcast or something. Something, right? Yeah. Should we make it count with Brett? No, we need Phil. Okay. Yeah, we do need this. We would have been a great Phil. one with Phil. He would be laughing a lot. I think. He would. I'd be, it'd be interesting also to hear some of his questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So we'll have to do a round. Maybe two. we'll bring you back on. Gosh, everybody figures out a way to get back on, Brian. Yeah. Okay. So you, you found out where you were. You're living every day to make it count. Um, how are we making it count together as a Well, couple? I guess that's what I was getting to is that um, I'm starting to get more present back in triumph fitness in the community and 
I'm involved in ways that are more like behind the scenes now, but they're things that I'm passionate about and that I feel that I can kind of make my mark on. And it's been really refreshing because like I've stepped away and this is your company, but I'm starting to feel more ownership of it than I even I did when I actually used to call myself the owner. Mm-hmm. But what's funny now is I don't call myself the owner. Like that's Jennifer's business, but like I'm always been inspired by who you are and what you do. And Interestingly enough, sometimes because I'm sitting on the outside of it, I can see things that you don't. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then I can kind of bring what I'm good at into it. So, like, I'm also a really creative person um, because I have a very technical job. Um, you know, your creativity is kind of like it's around solving a problem in unconventional ways. under and through understanding pieces of technology that most people don't understand. Like one of the things that's always so funny to me is like watching people use their phones. Mm -hmm. And why is that so funny to you? Because it's a modern miracle sitting in the palm (laughs) of your hand that it's working and doing the things that you're telling it to do. And people don't don't know how it works. Yeah. You know, me included. (laughs) Right. But I think that's why I was so interested in that field was because it's, it's taking unconventional knowledge to solve problems to prevent bad things from happening to good people. Um, so is that how you're making it count every day? I would think so. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, I've recognized that it's not enough for me as an individual to have my tank filled up all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a great career with a good salary and great benefits and be able to work from wherever you want. And all that, all those things have been a complete blessing on our lives and for me. But I still need to scratch that creativity itch some way and somehow. And ironically, that's through Triumph Fitness. Crazy, because you hated it for so long. Not hated it, but... Hate it, yeah. You did hate it. It's okay. We can all admit it. Like, I think it's time that we start becoming clear that, like, you know, but we're we're figuring it out together, right? The The word hate is strong. It was just... It wasn't doing my mental health any favors at the time. Yeah. You know? And I think another thing that we, we talked about a lot is that you struggled with, because I was so laser focused and because this has been a passion of mine for so long, um, I just automatically knew what I wanted to do and you were still trying to figure it out on your end. Talk a little bit about that comparison, and it's not a comparison, but like having that in your life, making you feel a certain way. Um, it's a full-time job being your husband. <laughs> yes, it is. My a- mother warned you before a- you got into this marriage. Absolutely. You know, like, fellas, if you aren't married to a strong-willed woman, you know, um, you're missing out. Um, or a strong-willed man. They could, they could want to be married yeah, to me. You know, you know. Okay. Um, like, find you a bad bitch, because I got myself a bad <laughs> bitch. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, but... You know, it's not always the easiest because you, in a way, have, you have to make sure that your feelings are known. That's why I think I have always been so brutally honest with you, because if I don't put up the red light and say, stop for a minute and listen, <laughs> then I'm going to get steamrolled. You know, but that's not a bad thing. No, that's no, what no, no. has right. made you so successful. And you 100%. don't ever need to fucking apologize for it. I wasn't about to. I know. But like, that's such a common thing as well as that, like, women shouldn't be themselves or shouldn't stand up for themselves and they should just take it. When yeah, absolutely. No. That's not the case. I, and I, your brutal honesty and your approach with me 
has been exactly what I've needed. And in turn, over the years, I've become a different person or that bad bitch that because I don't need to apologize, this is who I am, mm-hmm. right? So in a way, your brutal honesty has helped me because I've been open to it. I think if people fight it, like a woman in a marriage and you're trying to be honest and trying to help me because I know it comes from a good place, mm-hmm. then instead of fighting it and being open to it and letting it naturally cohesive with who I am, that's who makes you the best version of you. Yeah, thousand percent. Love it. So look, if you could leave these, um, our viewers, our listeners, I don't know where people are tapping in uh, at, but if you could leave them with one thing or maybe three things on how to make it count every day, because your wisdom is so good, especially in the mental health, um, personal growth game, what would you leave them with? Three things you said? That's one or three. I said one, one or, three. or three. What's wrong with two? Um, that's not enough. Okay. Three is like a tripod that you can stay, you know, you know that analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the tripod. Yeah. Um, I'll say one thing. Okay. And it's going to be the most impactful. So everybody get a pen and paper. And go. You're going to die one day. So live your life like it's your last one. You can't leave them with that because that is like a whole nother podcast. It's the truth. That's what Grayson taught me. Yeah. And everything else pales in comparison. Mm Mm-hmm. Life is precious, guys. Go out there and make it count. Thanks for listening. We hope you found something that inspires you to make it count every day. You can follow us on social media at Make It Count.